I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode, what are we, episode like 14? Yeah, episode 14 of Sales Team Rescue. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jeremy DeMerchant. Let me put that on the screen. Boom, there, that makes me feel important. And today I have got a special guest. So let me just make my adjustments here. Oh, technology today. Boom. All right. So my special guest today is Devonsh Bavishi. He's a division director at IG Wealth Management in Fredericton, New Brunswick. And in this position, Devonsh takes on the roles of both consultant for his own clients and a mentor to his team. And he's, his focus right now is growing and mentoring his huge team of consultants. Now, Devonsh is always on the search for motivated, goal-oriented, and ambitious individuals and he leverages the organization's nationwide resources to offer industry-leading training with a fantastic mentorship and support program that he personally facilitates. Devonsh, thank you so much for being on Sales Team Rescue today. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Here is a pleasure. Yeah, I'm really excited. So uh, for those of you that don't know, I've known Devonsh for quite a few years now. Um, uh, we're, we're all Toastmasters alumni, if you will. Um, and, you know, I, I met when I met Devonsh, uh, he instantly got my attention and he's got this work ethic that um i i mean i like to consider myself a pretty hard worker but this guy's kind of nuts so uh, i'm gonna mention that are you i'm gonna mention it yeah so uh was actually awarded i think two years in a row an award for the hardest worker or longest hours or the short version of it is they were ready to start charging him rent he's at the office so much so um i gotta give you credit for your work ethic and of course uh you're your, your amazing wife that supports you as well, huge player in the team. And uh, you've got a uh, little one now turning one this week, right? Oh, my God. Yes. Next week. Yeah. 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 So it's crazy. But you know what? Uh, when you can when you can find that balance, and, it, and I use the word balance lightly, right? Because you're a really hard worker. And like but you still, I enjoy time with both families and, and work. Right, right. And, and that's huge, right? You need to find that, that love, that passion. And, uh, and you've got, I'm, I'm going to call it a balance because the family side of it understands your why behind the work side of it. Exactly. And my wife hasn't left me yet. So <laughs> just say, hasn't left me period. Don't say yet. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, you guys are adorable. Um, so the reason why I want to have you on the show though, is because you have this interesting position that um, I'm sure a lot of our viewers can can relate to in that you're in a, a sales role and you're also in a sales leadership role. And this is this is a big deal because, uh, one, I, I find that it gives you the ability to know exactly where your team's coming from because you're there in the trenches with them. Exactly. Um, but it can also provide challenges because you're trying to balance two worlds. So your professional role, we talked about the, you know, the, the work and life balance. And now even your work balance is going, I'm a sales person, a sales professional or consultant. And then I run a team and a, a significant team. And so tell me about that balance. Like, how do you, how do you find the balance just within the workplace? I always believe, uh, Jeremy, in leading by example. 
So if I'm accomplishing something, I, I set it by example that I'm doing it, anyone else can do it. So I put my personal goals in front. So this year I started with uh, what's your why? Why are you doing what you are doing? And I started sharing my why. That's how I started my year in the January, asking everyone, it's a new year. First, find out what your why is. And then let's go after that why. So I started sharing my why and I'm not ashamed to share share my why because I'm passionate. You know how passionate I am. I'm passionate about what I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as I said, I lead by example. So I, I, I get my team involved in my client meetings. When I sit in front of my clients, I take them with uh, networking events. When I go to, I take them to, if I host a seminar, they are with me. So uh, I incorporate all of them in activities I do. Plus, I myself incorporate in their activities as well. So we can both each other guide each other to what we can improve. Because even being a leader, I don't think I'm uh, I'm perfect. I need to improve. So that's why I get them into into my activities so they can guide me whether if I'm I need to change anything. And uh, when they get me involved in their activities, I can guide them what we need to change. So that's why we we support each other. Yeah, I think that's huge. And and I know from experience that if you really want to learn something go teach it to somebody else. Right. And it, for, it forced yourself to, to get into the nitty gritty that sometimes get, gets overlooked. So, and for uh, I think finding the right balance in my schedule, um, I'm a very organized person. So I have those time slots assi- assigned that this is what my coaching time is. This is what my uh, one-on-one time is. This is what my client meeting time is. This is what they can use my time for any financial planning help or, or any of your client meetings or anything like that. So I have that, uh, um, that uh, section divided in my calendar. All of them have access to my calendar so they can see uh, what's going on in my life. Uh, plus Beth helps me a lot to, to stay on track with everything. Yeah. So Beth, so who is Beth on your team? Just so that everybody knows. So Beth is, is my executive assistant. So, she has been with me over um, three and a half years now, and she knows my practice inside and out. <laughs> she, she's your lifeline, right? <laughs> she is my lifeline. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And so I, I think you brought up a couple of really good points. Um, one, when you're leading a team, being able to have somebody there that can support you, because we've got strengths that can work really well. And you and I have similar personalities in a lot of ways in that we're, we're great at sales. We're great at leading teams. Um, and you, now you're more organized than I am, but the, but you know, that if you can take some of that off your plate, it frees you up for those higher level activities. It does. And, and, and that's, that's a challenge, especially for newer businesses starting out. They, they think they have to be everything. And so they're trying to build a team. They're trying to find the right people. They're trying to schedule their own stuff. Uh, and, and just having that support, um, is such a huge advantage. Now, I do want to ask you one other question around organization. So you talk about you've got time set aside and blocked off for coaching, for uh, you know being a consultant, working with your clients. And when you organize that, do you do what's called batching, where you've got like Wednesdays are my client days and I just book them back to back, and then Thursdays are my coaching my team days back to back? Like, do you take that approach? Yes. So, so Mondays are my coaching days. I don't schedule any of my client meetings uh, on Mondays. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are my client meeting days. And my goal is to um, accommodate 15 client meetings in three days. So that's what I accomplish. And uh, Friday is my um, continuing education days. 
So I put that towards my education as well as, uh, and in, in all of those times, I, I incorporate my marketing time, my prospecting time, my recruiting time. So all of those gets fixed into those time zone. Uh, but uh, that's how my five days are divided. Gotcha. Gotcha. So give me an idea now. Let's, let's be honest with the audience. How many hours a week are you working? <laughs> Do you want an honest answer? <laughs> yeah, because because you because know, and this is why though because there's people all around the world watching this or listening to this and they want to and they and I want to show real I want to show raw the good the bad and the ugly because yes if, if we sugarcoat it's not it, easy we're not helping it's not easy right? yeah so right. I I spend conservatively sixty hours a week on 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 what I do. With everything okay. combined, and I, you know how passionate. That's why I, I'm. I have built what I've built in such a short time because I'm so passionate about what I do. So I really don't feel like I'm working, and it's such a, uh, such a crochet when people say that. But that's that's what I feel because even after I go home, I have a one year old. I I, I spend time with him. We go to park. Uh, the other day when I call you, we were at the park. Uh, he was. Uh, he was in the swimming pool. So um, even I, I carved that time around. He loves um, taking his afternoon naps on my, on my shoulder. So on weekends, while he's taking nap, I'm rocking him. I'm, I'm studying during that time. So uh, I get both accomplished during that time. I, I still study, but I, I spend the time with my son. So, so, so there's a couple of pieces there then. So one, you're a crazy multitasker. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's what most people don't have. Um, but part of it is just being really effective with that time. So it's not about, yeah. uh, I say not, not many, many people are good at multitasking, but it's not so much that um, you're doing multiple things at once is that you're very eff- effective and very aware of how to be using um, what we call net time, no extra time. Right. So if you, and when my energy should be focused. Yeah, exactly. So if you've got, if you're hanging out with your son, he's sleeping or napping or whatever, um, and he doesn't need your full attention in that moment. If you can use your attention to help grow that business, which is then, you know, in place to help build a, you know, growth for your family. Right. That's, that's why we do what we do. Exactly. I think it's really, really smart. Now, <laughs> if we're going to dig into the honesty part though. We look at it and go, Oh, I remember when I had a part-time job, right? 40 hours. <laughs> yes. Right. But but how, how does that work? Like you, we mentioned the support, we mentioned the why, and you, actually I want to point out one other thing is uh, you talked about how much you love what you do because you've designed your business in a way that it doesn't, I mean, I'm sure sometimes it feels like work, but for the most part, it fires you up. You like what you do in helping people as far as clients go. You, you like what you do in helping grow consultants and grow the team. Um, and so you still have energy at the end of the day where a lot of people come home, they're like, I'm done, tap, you know, stick a knife in me, I'm done, right? Or a fork in me, I'm done. And uh, so they're they're just exhausted. So for someone that's in that situation, what advice do you have? No pressure. (laughs) Uh, I'll go back to the same thing, uh, Jeremy. Do what drives you. Um, I saw really good, and we have seen so many of those videos. If you divide time, like we start working in probably 25 years of, of age and we work retire standard retirement 65 that's probably two-thirds of our lifespan and we spend that life lifespan 
sitting in a four by four office or, or whatever the size of the office or behind the desk or in front of a laptop. And if you are not, it doesn't drives you, it doesn't put energy back into you, then you shouldn't be doing that. You should be looking at other options and, and do something what actually drives you, motivates you. Um, and not just you, but when you are satisfied innerly, your family can see that as well. And, uh, and your colleagues can see that and they get that energy. Your family is more happy. It's just all around um, a positive vibe all around you. Now, so, so, so you're saying if, if you're feeling exhausted all the time, you might be doing the wrong thing. Now, I want to challenge probably. you on that a little bit. So could it be that someone is doing the right thing, they're just doing it wrong? Or the way they organize their life is wrong? Because one thing that you have that most people don't have when they're solo in sales anyway is an executive assistant. A lot of people I struggle. I didn't have my first six months. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you were solo for uh, six months. But yeah, I know it, it can get exhausting. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. Um, okay. uh, it is a lot to manage being an entrepreneur. And again, in a sense, I'm an entrepreneur with IG because I'm, I'm self-employed. Uh, IG doesn't pay me any salary. So I'm self-employed. I have to build my own career and build my own team around me and, and, and everything. So I started with doing everything myself, admin, prospecting, marketing, client meetings, emails, every single thing, phone calls, and it can get exhausting. So I completely agree with you. Um, and that's where it comes down to that. I knew where I wanted to scale my practice and uh, I knew uh, what wasn't revenue generating for me. And I assigned that to someone who could do that for me. And so, as you said, no extra time. So I can spend that time more into revenue generating activities for me. Mm. So the uh, first few, few months are, are, are struggle for sure when you're starting a new career. And uh, that's where you will need a lot of support from your mentor and your family members. So have a good mentor who actually trusts you, whom you can sit down and cry at the end of the day or rent at the end of the day or uh, or just take your frustration out um, and uh, and have a good family support. And now that's another good, man, you're making all these good points. So having a mentor, someone that you can cry to, vent to, rant to, whatever. Um, this is something that I ran into a lot because running your own business and, you know, running sales teams, like there's, there's a lot of stress, right? It's, um, and I, I love what I do. And there's days when I kind of want to pull my hair out. And what I found really upsets the balance is when you take all that frustration from the workday and you bring it home, right? Because if you just work 60 hours a week and, you know, when your wife sees you and you're just going, Whoa, and you're just going to, you know, vent all over the place. No, there's no not, happy that's wife. That's not happy a relationship. No. no, exactly. Right. And so that creates animosity. So, a lot of people talk about you know, having a mentor to help you get better, to improve yourself and, you know, accountability. And that's, I think that's really, really important. But a part that we don't talk about, and you touched on this, is having someone outside of your team, because you can't vent to your team, right? And outside your family, because you should not be venting to your family, at least not regularly. Um, someone else that you can just let it out with. Yes. Um, and, and then that might- person who wouldn't judge you for being who you are. And if right. you're struggling, they don't judge you that you are struggling. Exactly. 
Yeah. And that's, and I mean, I know you and I have had this conversation before. I've been in times when I was like, dude, Devon, I got to talk to you. I got a vent and I can't, I don't have anywhere else to go. Right. So thank you for those times. Um, and, but it's, it's a huge thing. Awesome. Okay. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the actual team building part. So in the intro, we talked about some of the things that you look for when you're building a team, but give me the Coles notes version. If you were to describe your ideal consultant, so we're not going to worry about like age or gender, like any, any of the demographic information, but let's talk about psychographic. Like what, Tell me what that person is like from a psychographic perspective. How do they think? What are their attributes? Uh, when you say, ah, I see it in that person. So that I see it. I look for more of soft skills. Okay. Um, so, and I have a process which helps me vet that, those soft skills out. So I'm looking for someone who wants to make an impact in the community who wants to make an impact in people's lives. And impact, I say, is significant because what we do, I had a conversation with, a, and I know I'm going off topic, but client yesterday that when you go to a doctor, doctor, you put all of your trust in doctor that what doctor is going to tell you, you're going to take that medicine and you're going to feel better. You put your life in that doctor's hand. And same thing people do it with us as a financial planner. They put their financial future in our hand. So there is a lot of responsibility on our shoulders because they share their goals. They share their deepest concerns about financials and we guide them or we guide their emotions to get them to their financial future. So if we mess up, their entire life is messed up. So someone who really wants to make a positive impact on people's lives and make long-term relationship because any kind I take into my practice, it's a 30-year relationship commitment. So people who like to stay involved in those lives for long term, they like to build this relationship, be involved in the community, because that's another uh, uh, quality I share with my team is all of us like to be involved in our community and make an impact. And uh, and who likes to be their own boss, uh, who doesn't like to tell them how much they're going to make next year. They set their own goals because we don't set goals for, for our team members. They tell me and they tell what are their goals for this year, what they want to do. And then I mentor them towards their goals uh, because I can put goals into you or anyone. Like they, they, you need to come to me to what you want to accomplish. Right. So uh, they come to me with their goals and then I guide them. So someone who is, uh, who is very passionate about, uh, they have a passion to helping people, helping community. They want to make good money. They want that good work-life balance and they enjoy what they do. So again, work-life balance isn't going to be in first few years, but that is a way to achieve it in the long term, like any business. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, that's a really good point. You, you know, sometimes you got to put that effort in up front. Right. Um, and I was having a, a conversation the other day uh, with uh, uh, Jim Padilla, who was on episode number three, and he talks a lot about, um, building that return on your investment, right? And that return on your time investment. So put the time, put the effort in up front, but make sure you're building the systems that you're going to be able to see that exponential return. And I think that's huge. And that, that's kind of the difference between someone looking to build a business versus looking for a job. And there's no right or wrong, right? Like, No, there is no right or wrong. Yeah. I've been running a business for what, almost five years now. And I'm going to tell you, there's days when I'm like, hmm, steady paycheck could be nice, right? And then there's days when I'm like, ha, I could never achieve this if I was working for somebody else. So it's back and forth. And so anybody tells you that entrepreneurship is this nice, smooth ride up, mm -mm, doesn't work like that. But 
if you have good mentorship, you've got someone that you can vent to, that you can cry to, that you can, uh, you know, yeah. confide in, and you've got the proper support, like Devonsh, you know, from a mentorship perspective and guiding you through um, building a team, setting your goals. Um, you know, something like that is makes a huge difference. And again, when you are in these trenches of first few years of building business, Jeremy, you should never, it feels daunting, but you should never sway away from your long-term goal. You need to know where you are going and that should drive you. So you have your long-term goal and you break it down into a yearly goal, into a monthly goal, into a daily goal. And in daily goal, when you are accomplishing it, it might look like a chore, but every single activity will amount to, to that long-term goal in the future. So let's, let's unpack that just a little bit. Cause I think that's a really hot topic that people um, don't give enough focus to. So I come to you and I say, Devonche, I want to make, I'll let you pick a number. Uh, say I want to make, I don't know, hundred grand, 60 grand. What's what actually, I can't ask you to answer that. Cause that's not, I was going to say what's a normal, uh, but I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> Yeah, there is no normal. Exactly. Let's just say I come to you and I say, I want to make $100,000 my first year. Okay. Now you don't have to give the specific details, but give me an idea of how you're going to work backwards. Because of course we can build back from, okay, you want a hundred grand. Great. This is your commission. This is how much you need to sell to get that and break it down. But if we get down to the activities, because we can't always control the exactly. result. Of the sale, right. Give so me we have idea. a very uh, uh, defined activity tracker. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it can go either way, Jeremy, like <laughs> when we, I started and other people started, everyone who have been here for a long period of time, they all had a different um, way of defining success. So some people say that uh, once, uh, by the time you hear thousand no's, come and talk to me, you will be successful by it. Because if you have heard thousand no's, you had hundred yeses, And if you have hundred yeses you will be on your way to success. And some people would have defined that, uh, you know what, uh, every week if you have 15 client meetings, you're going to be successful. And uh, some people get motivated that uh, um, every every phone call I make, I make $20. So they actually sit down with uh, $500 with $20 bill. And every phone call, even though no one answered, they made $20 because 49th call someone answered and they made $5,000 from that phone. Right. Right. So um, everyone had a very different way to define success. But uh, the way I did it uh, when I started and that's how I coach to uh, my advisors is uh, um, we have a tracking. So how many uh, calls you made, how many people answered that call uh, after they answered the call? Did you book the meeting? If you booked the meeting, did you actually had a meeting? If you had a meeting, did you actually close the cell? So we go through that entire cycle so if they are making a lot of calls, but not talking with a lot of people, then we know that they are calling at the wrong time. If they're talking with a lot of people, but not booking the meetings, then we know that they are not saying the right things. They're booking the meetings, but not having the meetings, then we know what. So based on that, we can coach them. Um, what's the gap? Mm, the, 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 op- the optimization portion of the whole thing. So you've got your whole sales cycle or the whole life cycle. Of, I guess sales cycle is more appropriate in this context. Um for, for the client and being able to identify each of those, what I call conversion points and, exactly. and, and measure those and, and optimize them so that you're increasing every single one of them. So I, yeah, that's huge. Um, so one thing I want to touch on before we jump into our lightning round is 
you you talked about an example of where people will put a dollar value on the activities. And I think yes, that's really, yes. really, it's creative, but also very, very smart. Because if I say, I'm going to go make a dial, I've got a list of people that call it's 100 people. Yeah. Ugh, right? But you're right. If I know my numbers, if I know that through 100 people, I'm going to get 10 conversations, I'm going to get a five meetings, I'm going to close a sale, my average sale value is $10,000. Right? Yeah. Then I know 100 dials equals $10,000. And I can just do the math. And so every dial's worth, right? Whatever the number is, 10 bucks or whatever, or hundred bucks. <laughs> so, yeah. Math, not my strong suit anymore. <laughs> the, but like, if you think about making that call and you're like, hey, I know that if I make this call and I stay consistently doing it, this call is worth a hundred bucks. Would you do it? Exactly. Yeah. Whether they answer it or not, this call is hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. So that's, Awesome. That that I think that's a huge shift in how people look at activity uh, because we tend to get caught up in it and it becomes a roadblock. So I think that's yes. key. Awesome. Thank you. Now, lightning round time. <laughs> All right. Devonish, my friend, as we know, coffee is for closers. What is your favorite kind of coffee or comparable drink? Black coffee. Ah. Do you have a special brew? Do you like mild or dark or? Dark roast like, black. Dark roast black. All right. Love it. Love it. What's the number one book or movie you recommend to your consultants or people that lead teams in your organization? There is just so much material comes out every year, but my all-time favorite movie, which motivates me personally, is The Pursuit of Happiness. Mm, Will Smith, yep. Actually, I, I had the opportunity to see Chris Gardner himself speak on a stage, um, and what a guy. Amazing, amazing. So I love that movie. Awesome. Very inspirational too, especially when it comes to doing whatever it takes to get the result. Exactly. Now, who is someone you'd consider to be a mentor in your life? <laughs> Great question, Jeremy. And uh, uh, you were talking about mentors and uh, I always, I actually have a mentor in my office. So I treat my, I treat my assistant Beth as my mentor. Mm. I share my goals with her. These are my goals. Um, my wife is my mentor. So she keeps me accountable and uh, and my regional director is my mentor. So I go and talk to him and he keeps me accountable. So I have three people. And then uh, my clients are my mentors as well, because in every single client meeting, I ask them, um, are you satisfied with my services or could I change anything? Could I improve? So they give me feedback because I'm serving them. So I need to listen to them to see what am I doing? Awesome. And I think that's really, that's neat because often people think a mentor is someone that's you know, three, you know, like 3000 steps ahead of you or 10,000 hours ahead of you. Um, but ultimately it comes down to who's going to help you get the result. And exactly. sometimes it's going to be guidance, right? Someone like your regional director, they've been there. Right. But then there's other people that you just need the accountability. You need the push, you need the sounding board um, or you need that person to vent to. Right? Yes. So awesome. Thank you for that. Now here's my favorite question of the whole interview. What's the strangest thing you do in your daily routine to stay in your game? Um, I heard uh, one of our senior vice president um, in one of our training, um, and uh, he said, "Our when we wake up, our day is driven by emotions. So if we are not feeling well, it, it drags us down, and then it defines our day, and that defines our actions, and that defines the outcome. And he advised to just reverse that psychology. So he would say that, you know what? If you want to be a leader or if you want to be a division director, then 
start acting as a division director and start behaving how a division director will behave so even though your emotions are guiding you certain way you're going to act the way you want to be and with that actions will drive you to what you want to be so i always keep it in my mind is what i want to be and if i am that person would i do what i'm doing right now or what mm. actions do i need to do to get there and that's what defines my actions so i always keep that in mind is where i want to be what i want to do and if that is the person right now how would that person act that's huge my uh, my dad used to tell me dress for the job you want not the job you have and if you take that the extra step right whether the dressing represents what you're actually wearing or the activities you're doing or the the words that you're saying I think that's huge, right? Um, and I know Tony Robbins talks about uh, when it comes to relationships, you want to attract this kind of person? Well, then you need to be the kind of person that would be attractive to that person. So I think it, it's all inter- interlocking. That's awesome. So um, so in short, you're saying walk the walk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. No, and I think that's that's such a huge, huge thing that we overlook, right? We get stuck in our heads. We get stuck in our bubble. And we don't keep ourselves on our game and it's easy to go, Oh, this is my week. I've had a rough day, whatever. But um, I know, uh, is it Sean Stevenson has a, has something he calls um, when life works list. It's a list of things you do when everything is like, like on, on this a game and you just yeah. do those things anyway. And it helps yes. keep your mindset there. Right. So awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So Devonsh, I want to tell people where they can get a hold of you, whether they want to, um, you you represent investors group throughout Fredericton, right? Yes. Uh, so I want to throw your email up here. I haven't done this before, but we're going to say, bam, here's your email, devanche.bavishi at investorsgroup.com. So if you are looking for a career in sales in Fredericton, in the Fredericton area, uh, and you want to be considered for something in this realm of IG Wealth Management and have an amazing rock star like Devanche, be your guide, shoot him an email, and also... Uh, if you're looking for a financial advisor, what's your official, well, I mean, you're division director, but um, financial advisor, would that be the proper term to call you? I know there's very specific regulations. Uh, I want, uh, yes. Uh, so I'm working on my CFP. So I will be CFP in November. So once I'm CFP, I can use a financial planner designation. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Well, guys, so reach out to Devanche and remember This is episode 14 of Sales Team Rescue. And if you want to get all the previous episodes, go to salesteamrescue.com. We will see you here next week at 2 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Guys, remember, get uncomfortable, get results. Devanche, once again, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com. Salesteam Rescue.